Acts chapter 4 is where we're headed, um, but Acts chapter 4 is really a continue, continuation on with even Acts chapter 3. Um, but I, I'm just telling you, gentlemen, I spoke with Adam Denimore this week, and uh, our speaker for this weekend, and um, <clears throat> or this coming weekend for our men's, and I... I want you there. Adam wants you there. I want you there. I believe God wants you there. Whatever you have to do to put aside Friday night and Saturday morning to come spend this time with us, do whatever you can to sign up, get online, sign up, let us know you're coming. It's going to be good stuff. So there's this guy. He was a truck driver and he was way up in Canada. It was a, a cold, blistery day. Cold, blistery day. He's driving his, his truck and he pulls up to a stoplight. That's what they sound like. Um, air brake. And, and so he comes to a stop, and there's a little car behind him. And the guy driving that car jumps out, goes, knocks on the, the guy's, says, Hey, hi, my name's Bill. Um, I just want you to know you're losing some of your payload. There's stuff in the back of your truck falling out. And green light, the trucker's like, Thank you. And so rolls up the window. That's what we used to do roll up the window. And he drives on, it's a big town, so he got to the second light. Oh, comes to a stop, sure enough. Who pulls up behind him? Bill in the little car. Bill jumps out, tap, 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 tap. Hi, I'm Bill. I just wanna make sure you knew that you're, you're losing your payload, there's, there's stuff falling out. <laughs> the trucker's like, oh. And the light turns green, it's like, thank you. Rolls up the window, drives up. Sure enough, there's one more light that, uh, excuse me, there's two more lights. The next light comes up, exact same thing. Hi, I'm Bill, you're losing your pillow. And he's like, oh, rolling up the window. He's like, finally gets to that final light in town. And sure enough, who pulls up behind him? But we know now, it was Bill. Bill, <laughs> Bill's in the, in, in the car. So Steve, the truck driver, Steve says, I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna go talk to Bill. So he opens up the door, he jumps out of his cab, he goes back, <clears throat> Tap, 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 tap on Bill's little car. <clears throat> Bill rolls down the windows. He says, hi, I'm Steve. I work for the city. I drive the salt truck. <laughs> Sometimes we can acknowledge what was true, but yet miss the point. Let me say that again. Sometimes we can acknowledge what was true, what is true, but we completely miss the point of why it was happening. Uh, this is the way religious leaders of this time were. In Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4, these religious leaders, they were there. They understood the dude was healed. Do you remember Peter and John came on this lame man who sat out the, outside the temple gates and Silver and gold, I don't have, but what I have, I give in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And the guy was healed, the guy was walking. But the, the Sanhedrin, the, the Sadducees, is a part of that. They were upset about all this. This just didn't go down right with them, and especially because it was Peter and John that were doing it. So they end up throwing them in jail overnight. And uh, the next day, Peter and John are brought before the entire council, including the high priest, his family. And these rulers demand of Peter and John um, how, what are you working out of? How, 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 how are you, how do you have authority to do this? I mean, they're just, they're just all in a tizzy. And, and how do we see Peter and John responded? Because really that's the heart of this message today. How did Peter and John respond? What was their response? 
I'll just spoil it here for you. It was with boldness and it was with courage. It was with boldness and with courage. Now, let me just share this with you. I was just thinking about this yesterday. This is bonus. I mean, this isn't even in your notes. In fact, there's notes in the back of the seats in front of you. Grab those notes, fill in the blanks as we go along here. But can I just tell you this? Do you remember in the gospels, there was a guy who went throughout his whole life saying something like this, repent, 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 repent. Do you remember in the gospels, there was a guy who went through his whole life, his whole ministry, repent, repent, repent. Does anyone know who I'm talking about? John the Baptist. Does anyone know what happened to John the Baptist? Yeah, he got his head chopped off. He was in jail. Um, uh, they, they were trying to figure out what they're going to do with him. They wanted to kind of, and he was in jail. They pull him out. And so you can read it. I think it's in the Gospel of Mark, the whole story. But he got his head chopped off. So can anyone tell me what was the message of the disciples in the book of Acts? Repent, 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 repent. It's that same message. And so, it's not just that they stuck Peter and John in jail here. Of course, this was healing, and, but they, they had already, Peter had already preached the message of repentance in Acts chapter 2. We know that, and that was their continual message. But it wasn't that they're just stuck in jail, like, boy, you guys were bad last night, throw you in the slammer overnight and everything. No, this is like you're in jail. We, you could very well go the way of John the Baptist, which was just, I, I, don't, I didn't figure out the whole timetable, but six months, a year, year and a half, whatever it was before all this went down. Do you, do you get this? There's gravity to it. These people did not like Peter and John. They did not like those that were of the way, the, the, who we would call Christians in the book of Acts. So how did they respond? This is what I want you to get, is they responded with boldness and courage. Where do we see that? First one, in your notes. We, we see it in the face of hostility. Write that in your notes, will you? We see it in the face of hostility. The entire council was gathering in an attempt to uh, intimidate them. These uneducated, ordinary guys, the, 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 all those that were in uh, leadership of this time, were kind of like, so um, what do you have to say for yourself, boys? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're having Peter and John stand before them, grilling them, trying to, in, I think in many ways, intimidate and embarrass them. And let's just understand this. This probably isn't the first uneducated, ordinary men that stood before these guys. And so how did Peter and John, how did they respond? Well, they responded with outright boldness and courage in, in, towards this hostility. And let me, let me explain that to you. Look at verse 8 of chapter 4. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people. (laughs) As you study this, as you read this, and just kind of put yourself in the middle of the scripture. You know, I kind of feel like, I mean, Peter's like, okay, here we go again. Hey, everybody listen to me. Let me say it a little louder for those of you in the back row. (laughs) Rulers, elders of the people. If we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple, and ask how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. It's through Jesus. In the face of hostility, they stood up. These fishermen, they were unmoved in the presence of these leaders and the hostile way in which they were being treated. But this wasn't the only place. 
Oh, and keep your pens handy because we're going to number two here. Ready? In the clear testimony about Jesus. How, what was their response? How do we see their boldness and the courage that they had? How do we see this? Well, we see it in the way that they, their clear testimony about Jesus. Then know this. Let me read it again. You and all the people of Israel is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has come, become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to man by which we must be saved. It is by the name of Jesus that this man was healed. And it's only through that name that this man could be healed. And it's only through that name that any of us can be saved. This Jesus whom God raised from the dead is the cornerstone and there's salvation in nobody else. There's only one way to see it, Mr. Sadducee. I mean, that's what they're saying. That's what they're confronting. They're pushing back. This is the message Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's a clear testimony about Jesus. If Peter and John, if Peter, let's just take Simon Peter. If he were alive today, um, first off, I think they would take his Twitter account away. I'm just saying. And I'm, I'm just, because he's just always just spouting off and saying stuff and people don't like it, but it's truth. It's truth. And, 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 um, and if Peter were on The View with Whoopi and all those people, and, 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 and they would ask a question like, okay, just tell me, do you really believe that there's only one way to get to God, and that's through Jesus Christ? I'll tell you exactly how Peter would have answered. Yes. I've seen other pastors in that position try to hem-haw around to try not to, but I don't know how you can deflect that one. I don't know how you can ping-pong that one a different direction because there's only one way, one name under heaven by which men can be saved. And do you see, as the hostility came forward, they stood up and they declared that truth and declared that. Why is that important? Because I'm gonna tell you, there's a plurality. There's, a, there, there's, a, there's an idea in our culture and we need, to, we need to confront that. And it's not easy. But there's an idea in our culture that all roads lead to the God of the Bible. That Buddhism, hey, it's, we're all serving the same God. Islam, we're all serving the same God. Um, Hindus, what, whatever religion, it, we're all serving the same God. We're all going to end up. In, well, here's the problem with that. In any of those religious, uh, um, religious in those religions, <laughs> those religious religions, any of those if, if you just take that one verse of verse 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to, to men by which we must be saved. That right there will not fit in any other religious system. You say, well, Christianity thinks they're all that. Well, it's because it's truth. This is truth. We can't. There's no way we can believe that all roads lead to the same place because there's only one way to get to God and that's through Jesus Christ and that's the boldness with which they stood up. You can take any other religion in the world and all of them will stand against what Peter said in verse 12. Do you see the boldness they had? Do you see the courage they had? Let's see it one more, one more time in, in number three. In their clarity about sin, in their clarity about sin, Acts 4.10, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, <laughs> whom you crucified. 
but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. You guys, your sin, in fact, really, eventually, it's clear, all of our sin put Jesus on the cross, but you guys did the sin of murder by putting an innocent man on the cross. Isn't it interesting how they turned the tables on these religious dudes? You see, they were there, they, they were there being accused. Peter and John were there being, and Peter's like, well, actually, he turns it right around. He starts accusing them. You guys are the ones that did this. He says, whom you crucified. They didn't hem haw around about sin. They didn't, they didn't just back off and kind of weaken in the knees type thing. No, this was sin. This was wrong. You rulers, you, you say you're the builders of Israel, movers and shakers. You rejected him, the cornerstone, who's become for you a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And Peter and John are the ones on trial. They've been arrested, and yet here they're accusing and condemning the powerful men who only a few months earlier had killed Jesus and even sometime earlier had chopped the heads off of, uh, head off of, uh, of John the Baptist. So you see their boldness. You see their courage. You can, re- you can see this all throughout the, the rest of the book of Acts and the whole Bible for that matter. You go to the Old Testament, you see Joshua, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. So here's the question. Let's apply this now. How can you and I be bold? How can we be courageous? Well, even before we start getting into the list that I've got there in front of you, let me just point a couple things out, just two things. Um, one thing is obviously it comes from the Holy Spirit. Do you see in Acts chapter four, verse eight? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, in, in Acts 4.31, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God, what? Boldly. Stephen, later on in Acts chapter seven, it says Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit and he got stoned for it, killed, but he was full of the Holy Spirit. Can I just encourage you? Make this a part of your daily prayer time. Say, God, today, would you just fill me again with your Holy Spirit? Listen, I'm not, I, I'm not negating that initial time. In fact, in Acts chapter two, when the Holy Spirit fell and they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit came on them, that was an experience. When the Holy Spirit came on the Samaritans in Acts chapter eight, when the Holy Spirit came on Peter uh, at Cornelius' house and came on all those Gentiles in Acts chapter 10, Holy Spirit came on them, baptized them. That was an experience with God. Acts chapter 19, the church of Ephesus was, was birthed there and the Holy Spirit came on them. That was an experience. Those are powerful times with initial outpouring. We are baptizing the Holy Spirit. But the problem is we leak. Really, it's, it's like uh, we, 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 we need a refreshing of the Holy Spirit constantly. And that's the pattern we see in the New Testament. And that's why they were filled with the Holy Spirit again in prayer. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. Can I, I just want to encourage you just this. Just make this a regular daily prayer. God, would you fill me fresh with your Holy Spirit? Baptize me in your Holy Spirit. And then fill me fresh every single day. Fill me up with your Holy Spirit. So they were full of the Holy Spirit. Well, what's, what's the other thing it says? They were unschooled, ordinary men, and they had been with Jesus. Let me ask you, can that be said of you and I? Even if you have a master's degree or you have some educational degree or whatever, can, can it just be still, can it still be said just, just the humility on that, on that lady, the humility on that dude 
the humility on there. There's a guy, there's a gal that I just look at her and, and you, just, you can just tell she's full of the Holy Spirit, but you can just tell she's been with Jesus. Oh, do you want that said about you? My prayer is that every person in this room would say, sign me up. When people see me, I want them to see Jesus. I want them to say, there's a dude who's full of the Holy Spirit. And man, it's just like he's been with Jesus. Now, these guys actually, well, they were with Jesus. I mean, literally, they lived with Jesus. They served with Jesus. They were there when he was crucified. And they saw that all go down. Um, but we, we need to understand, they took note that these men had been with Jesus. We too, if we want to be bold, we must be filled with the Spirit and abide with Jesus. Or if we turn that around, we could say we need to be Jesus-centered and Spirit-filled. Ah, you see what I did there? Jesus-centered and Spirit-filled. Jesus-centered and Spirit-filled. How can we grow in boldness and courage. Now in your notes, fill this in, will you? The first one, I think I even gave you the first letter. Anybody get it? Number one, gather, gather. So you think about Peter and John, how, how, can, how did they walk in this boldness? How did the church, even beyond just Peter and John, how did the church in the New Testament walk in such boldness and courage to stand in the face of hostility? Well, the first thing we see is that they gathered. Acts chapter um, 4, verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people. They gathered, reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. Let me just toss something at you. Christian boldness and courage is not an individualistic thing. I'm absolutely convinced of it. We need each other. Boldness comes from gathering with God's people to seek his face together. It's called fellowship. Do you remember a couple weeks ago when I was talking about fellowship, I put my grill up on the, 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 um, the screen here. Do you, do you remember you got all these briquettes? Oh, yes, this is the way Jesus did it. No gas grill for the Miller family. Thank you very much. Charcoal all the way as Jesus would want it. And so... You got all these briquettes up here, and what? They're, they're fired up. You see that? Fi they're fired up! But then you got this one little one. Well, you know, I lit that one, and you can tell it's kind of charred on, just in the one corner. But compare that to all those others, and if you would have watched the rest of it, you would have seen a, a, a black piece of charcoal. The time I was done cooking, the whole thing, just a black piece of with a little bit of char on the corner. Why? Because briquettes, these things are made to work together. They're made to feed off of one another. They're made to, to get together and get red hot together. And I think that's a perfect picture of what we're made to be and we're made to do. I just want to encourage you, church. This gathering, what we're doing here this morning, this is, this is exactly where you need to be. This is where we need. we need to be in a small group, life group. We need to be together with other believers. And can I just toss one thing out real quick to parents? Sometimes I just get a little queasy, a little queasy when a parent tells me how proud they are of their son or their daughter that's just so independent. 
And I, and I get what you're saying, and, 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 and let's, let's, let's be honest. Our goal is we train up our kids in the way they ought to go and so they can get lost. <laughs> Not lost. They can get out of the house, all right? That, that we, we raise them up, instill them with faith, instill them with, with courage and boldness from the Lord. We lead them to Jesus the best of our ability, and then we release them to go and, and leave and cleave. It's that whole thing. What is your point, Scott? Well, let me just encourage you in the way you parent, always make sure, make, make, it, make it so, this, is, this would be a prayer of ours, of, of mine. God, make it so my kids feel so awkward when they're not plugged into a local church. Make it so that, I, I, make it a positive, you know. God, I pray that my kids will always love the local church and see the importance of a dependence upon God's people and his body. You get what I'm saying here? Because we need each other. I'm just so proud of my kid because they're so independent. And I get that. I, 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 nothing wrong with that in a sense. But let's make sure there is a little bit of dependence on the one who we're supposed to be depending on, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Not a little, a whole lot. Make sure that there's an understanding that, that but yet we're, we're, we need a local church. And if any of your kids aren't plugged into a local church, I just encourage you, just keep praying. Just keep trusting God. You've planted a seed inside of them. You have planted a seed. Let's pray that that seed will continue to grow and they'll see the need to be plugged into a local church because if we're gonna be bold and courageous, I don't have to tell you what it looks like. I mean, in, in our society, for you to stand up for Christianity, stand up for, um, and be bold and courageous about truth in the word of God, you will be persecuted. It's going to happen. You will receive pushback. It might not be as drastic as what we might see here in, in, the, in, the, in Scripture because our country, we have the freedom. But I'm just telling you, the moment at work, the moment at school, when you make a stand, take a stand for Christ... You take a stand for something that's righteous and holy, and what you're gonna. You, let me tell you something that's gonna help you be bold and courageous in that moment. It's gonna be the body of believers, knowing that not only do I know that God is on my side and God's fighting on my behalf. I know this, I've, there's a body of believers, a church full of spirit-filled believers who are, I'm, I'm fighting this battle with and we're gonna accomplish great things. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you see the importance of gathering? Second thing we see is this, is they prayed. You knew that one was coming. Pray. How can I grow in boldness and courage? Stay connected, gather together. Second thing is pray. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. Look at verse 24, chapter, chapter four. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Boldness comes to those who ask for it. The Holy Spirit fills them with Christian boldness because they ask God for it. Pray this over yourselves. Pray this over your sons and daughters. Pray this over your enemies. God, fill them with your spirit. Save them, fill them with your spirit. And God, help them to be bold and great. Pray it over everyone you come in contact with. Pray, God, help me to be bold. Help me to be courageous. 
This is the church that God envisions us to be. In fact, can I just toss something out to you again? November 16th, it's a Wednesday night. We're gonna be joining here in this sanctuary again for prayer. We had a great night of prayer the last time we did this in October. Can I just encourage you? Put that on your calendar and make it a point because Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, this won't be on the screen. Let me just read it for you. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Listen, there's something, there's something powerful that happens when anyone talks to God. But the scripture points to that there's something powerful when others, groups of people, two or more, when we come together and we gather together and we pray and ask the Lord to move, there's something powerful that happens. Can I encourage you, church? Let's be there. Let's do that. Have you ever noticed how often we pray here at Pathway? Like even in a service, we opened with prayer and then we had prayer. Even as we're worshiping, there's prayer going on. At the end of our worship, we have prayer at the end of our, when we go to give our offerings and our tithes, we pray at the very end of the service, we always pray. Why? It's because we know there's power in, in an almighty God. And when we pray to God, he hears and he moves. The third thing, you want boldness, you wanna be courageous. What did they do? Let's copy this. And the third thing is this, hold God to his word. Hold God to his word. I think this is so interesting. In their prayers, um, look at verse 25. It was, it, was, it was almost like they were repeating back to God and to one another what God had said. They said, this, ex, ex, this is exactly like your servant David. This is what David went through. I, I can just imagine, have you ever been in a prayer meeting where it was like a popcorn prayer meeting? I'm not saying you brought popcorn. I'm saying it's like, just like, you know, it's just like, okay, whenever you want to pray out, you pray out, then this person prays out, and then this and this person, and, and, uh, and, and so it's kind of popcorn popping up there, and, and I just can't, I just imagine it's kind of a popcorn. Everyone, and the Holy Spirit moved on somebody, and they stepped up, and, and they said this. You spoke, verse 25, you spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? And the kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against the anointed one. They take scripture, and they're like, this is kind of, I don't know, something kind of like David. This is kind of like something David went through. And David even said, why are the nations ready? The kings, they take their stand and rulers against the Lord and against the anointed one. You know, that's exactly what they're doing to us. We're in good company. Woohoo! You're struggling to be courageous and bold. Can I encourage you to start praying the word of God over your life? Pray it over your family. Pray it over your kids. Christian boldness is a boldness built on the word of God. Oh, it sounds good. Some of the, okay, I'm just gonna go there just for a second. Some of the the quaint little thoughts that we share on social media, but they're not always biblical, you know? Just like, oh, just believe. Just believe in what? (laughs) If you believe in God and you believe in, in, your hope is in Jesus Christ, oh, you're, you're set. But if you just haven't believed for belief's sake, you know, there's power in prayer. Prayer to who? I know, maybe I'm just getting a little bit out of there, but let me just say, let me just encourage you. There's something about standing on, praying on, holding God to his word, saying, God, 
This is what you said. This is what you did. And I believe you're going to do it in my life as well. Saying that when Noah was one of the only righteous ones and you saved his family on the ark. God, I thank you that you are going to save my family. I Just like all, my, all his family got into that ark, I'm believing that every son, every daughter that I have is going to be on the ark of salvation with me. And I thank you for that, God. Come on. You just pray in boldness, bold prayers. God, just like Moses, when you called him to stand in the face of Pharaoh and said, let my people go that they might worship me. Moses stood before Pharaoh, just like it. God, I pray that same boldness over my daughters. I pray that over my sons. I pray that over my spouse. I pray that over my son. Begin to pray. Hold God to his word, just like Joshua when he saw the walls of Jericho fall, just like David when he stood before Goliath, just like Elijah stood up to the prophets of Baal, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were thrown in the fiery furnace and the king standing out there, wait a minute, boys. I thought we threw three people in, but there's four in there, and one of them looks like the Son of God. Let me just encourage you today. The Word of God is powerful. When's the last time you read through the Old Testament? When's the last time you spent time studying these story, these pieces of biblical history, our Christian heritage, our Christian history, and let them build your faith. You want, you want to be courageous and strong? Start praying. Hold God to his word and say, God, the same way you were with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. I trust you for that, God. But like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I know my God can, but even if he doesn't, I'm not going to bow. That kind of courage, that kind of boldness. Pray the word. Trust God. Fourth thing is this. Final thing is this. Look for God's hand and look for God's plan. God's hand and plan, hand and plan, hand and plan. Acts chapter 4, verse 27. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders to the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You know, while it seemed like Satan had gotten the upper hand when the Son of God, Jesus, was crucified on the cross, in reality, everything occurred according to God's eternal will and plan. The believers declare that God is the sovereign Lord of all events here. He rules history to fulfill his purpose, his plan. What his will determines, his power carries out. There's no army, there's no government, there's no council that can stand in God's way. Even in the midst of their evil scheming, as, 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 as they were talking about and focusing here, they're saying, we see the hand of God. We long for you to work through us. Not only do they read the Bible and they pray the Bible, they read their own story in the light of scriptures, looking for God's hand, God's plan in their lives. They see God's hand and plan behind the Jewish and the Roman opposition to Christ. And they see God's hand and plan behind the continued opposition to Christ and his people. Jesus' story is our story, and it is in the midst of that story that we gather and pray God's word so that we, like the apostles, can speak God's word with boldness and truth. Get a hold of God's plan and his will and his way for your life. Pray the word of God. 
Let it build boldness. Put the Lord first in your life. His hand, his plan first, and watch what he'll do with you. One of the most important scriptures you could ever hold on to would be Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you as well. What's the idea? Put God first. Put God first in your marriage. Put God first in your finances. Put God first in your parenting. Put God first in every area of your life. You put him first, and then just watch what he'll do. There's testimonies all over this room right now of people who have done that. But you want courage? You want boldness? Seek him first. Abide in him. Put him first. And if you're involved in a friendship or a relationship or something that's not, that you can't put God first in, then it's time to cut that off. I'm not saying marriage here. Just be clarify that. Marriage is a covenant, so that's a different thing. But if you have a career, if you have a hobby, and it doesn't allow you to do that, to seek God first, then pray and say, God, move me on. Show me where you want me to be. Because God says, put me first. His plan, his will, his desires, and then everything else will fall into place. Do you want to be bold? Do you want to be courageous? Like, or are you just, you just kind of like, well, I just want to make sure I make it to heaven. I'll be honest with you, Scott. I don't, I just, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. That's really my ultimate goal in this whole Christianity thing. Let me tell you what God's will is and God's plan. It's not that you just make it to heaven. It's that you take as many with you as possible. It's that you are a courageous, bold, strong, devil-fighting, standing up against the evil in our community, in our culture, standing up against the wiles and the fight of the enemy. And when, when, when the enemy starts to come against your family, starts to come against your community, we don't just roll over and play dead and we just kind of like, eh, and we just kind of lay there like a de- whatever. We, we, we stand and we fight with the power of God and say, not in my family, not in my family, not in my school, not in my community, not in my country. I, I told someone that this week. They were just asking about a missions thing and I, and I was like, listen, I'm, I love the idea of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. I love that. I will do anything the rest of my life to help fund the gospel going to the ends of the earth. I love that. But I feel a call to my nation, the United States, States of America, like a missionary might feel a call to another country. And let's do something. Could, could we somehow, by us being bold and courageous in our faith and standing up for righteousness, could, could we change some things in our region, in our state, in our nation? Could we do something together? I believe we could. Do you want it? Let me just tell you what, what go ahead, show your affirmation, will you? Worship team, would you come? Everyone else, would just stand as the worship team comes? Let me tell you what's got to happen, though. Look up here. As I was on sabbatical this summer, this is, this is what, it's not real profound. Listen, this isn't real profound, but I'm just going to tell you. This is where I feel like Pathway is. This is where Pathway's at. And we're doing, God's doing some good stuff. I, I don't want to negate what God's done or what he's, where he's at. But I'm telling you, God wants to shift some things in our church. 
He wants to shift some things in your marriage, in your family, in your priorities. He wants to take us from here to here because he's got some new ground he wants us to take. He wants to do some supernatural things in your marriage, in your kids. He, he wants, but in order for us to get there, we gotta be bold and we gotta be courageous. And you know, if we do the same thing we've always done, you know, you're gonna get the same results. So there needs to be a shifting in your spiritual priorities. Even in myself, I'm still wrestling with this myself. Like over the summer, I was just like, just praying, God, what do I need to do differently so that I can be the pastor to lead this move? I believe there's a move of God that's coming and it's hitting our church and it starts with prayer. That's the first stage right there is that when we humble ourselves before God, we turn from sin, we repent. Times of refreshing won't come until there's repentance. And and not just the, the person who's outside who has never given their life to Christ. I'm talking like the church. And that may make us feel a little uneasy on Sundays. And you might leave saying, oh, that was a tough one. Well, good, because it should be. It's tough on me too. God's purifying us. We, there's some things where we need to realign ourselves and repent. And we need boldness and we need courage. What is Christian boldness? Oh, this isn't like really... Um, profound either, but let me just say it to you. Christian boldness is courage and clarity about Jesus and sin and godliness in the face of a powerful opposition. I want to be bold. I want to be courageous. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand even when people won't like what I stand for because I'm going to line myself up with the Word of God. Can you imagine what could happen in our community if every person in this room was serious about being bold and courageous. And I believe you are. I believe God wants to do something right here this morning. So let me tell you what the Lord put on my heart is I'd like to pray over every one of you that would want me to. In fact, I'm gonna ask uh, Megan if she would pray with us and Jeremy is around here somewhere. I'm I'm gonna ask if, if he can pray and our staff, we're gonna pray. And as many of you that would want to, I'm gonna invite you to come forward and just stand here in the altars and we're gonna do something that for some of you may be out there, but for it's just who we are. We're gonna lay hands on you. And we're gonna pray that God's gonna fill you with the Holy Spirit and that he's gonna give you boldness and he's gonna give you courage.